Perhaps more than any other single topic, transparency has the potential to be transformative to every aspect of health and health insurance. Welcome to part one of Shift Shaper's exploration of transparency. Is the current lack of transparency by design? And will transparency alone be enough to change the U.S. healthcare system? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement that helps small and mid-market companies escape the fully insured marketplace and delivers stability, control, and savings without watering down employees' benefits or increasing their premium share. If you have clients in the educational institution or the engineering vertical, go to our website at CaptivatedHealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode, we're going to chat with Ralph Weber. Ralph is president and CEO of Metabid, and we're talking about a subject about which he's become very knowledgeable and about which he's passionate. He also happens to serve as a member of NAHU's Healthcare Cost Quality and Transparency Workgroup. So a lot of knowledge around a subject that we've touched on a few times in the podcast, but haven't really done a, a deep dive. And that's the purpose of asking Ralph to join us for, for this episode. So with that, welcome, Ralph. Uh, thank you, David. It's, it's great to be here this morning. You know, one of the places that we generally start is to ask about your journey, kind of how you came to be in the position that you are and, and what drove you to become such a subject matter expert on the subject. Would you share that with our audience? Sure. Uh, I've been in the benefits business since the mid-90s, 95, so so 20 years now, self-funded benefits. And I've, I've done a lot of different things, not only in the U.S., but also in Canada, as well as Asia and Europe. So I've been doing it in, in several countries. What I have found, and, and I found this increasingly so over the years, is not only the lack of transparency, but the lack of information in general, which leads to poor economic decisions. I would say the last five to eight years, I realized that some of this withholding of information is actually by design. So I started looking for a solution. Now, back about, I'd say, eight years ago, nine years ago, I was working with a lot of Canadians that were on waiting lists and bringing them down to the U.S. for surgery and helping them to negotiate. So I learned a lot about pricing. And then at that time, I actually went to Thailand, which is where I grew up. So I went back to Thailand to study international medical tourism, and I visited you know, seven of the big hospitals out there. And uh, I learned a lot about international medical tourism. And I decided that a good solution, not only in regards to medical tourism, but in regards to self-funded benefits, was a combination of sort of international and domestic medical tourism, but with a few wrinkles, with some transparency, with some pricing information, some quality information, as well as a dynamic pricing system rather than static prices. And so that's, that was my starting point in 2010. So you mentioned the difference between a dynamic and a static pricing system. Some of our listeners may not 
have a keen understanding of what that is. Could you give us a quick definition? Sure. Static pricing is anything that is posted and you know remains relatively fixed for a year or more. If you have sort of a schedule of prices that are payable, such as Medicare pricing or PPO pricing, where you know it's sort of fixed by procedure, it's negotiated once, and then it holds steady for about a year before it changes, if at all, that's static pricing. If you think, the best example I can give, if, if you think of the airline or hotel industry, before Travelocity and Expedia, we used to book, when we would book a flight, there were rack rates and there were about three or four simple rules that gave different discounts. First rule was, are you under 12 or over 65? Are you booking 21 days in advance? Or is it in the last 24 hours before flight? And are you staying a Saturday night? Each one of those accounted for a discount between 8 and 12%, and that gave you your final price. That was static pricing. With Travelocity, if you're trying to book a flight or hotel, every 15 minutes, it could change. And when you go online, it's based on vacancy rate. So dynamic pricing adjusts constantly, and it's much more market-oriented. Interesting, and a great analogy. So with that, let me ask you for one more definition, because everybody's got their own take on what it means in our industry. When we start talking about transparency and what's needed in the healthcare side of the industry, what definition, what would be our operating definition that we could use for the rest of our talk today? Okay, that, that's a really good question, David. Transparency is absolutely essential to market operations. However, transparency alone is not enough. Transparency alone can't be monetized. It's kind of like a, a mirror without a comb. You can see a perhaps a static price. Perhaps you can see a price after the fact. Perhaps you can see a price that provider A accepted at one time in the last six months. Number one, it's not necessarily an indication that they'll accept it again. The more important part, though, David, with the out-of-pocket limitations of 6,600 and 13,200 that the ACA imposes, along with the unlimited annual benefits, which used to be $2 million, the ability to have ginormous claims is way bigger than it ever was before. Now, on top of that, with the mandates kicking in this year, where low-wage workers are suddenly getting benefits and they've never, ever had them before, picture somebody making $18,000 a year with a plan with a $6,600 deductible and they're expected to pay $92 a month in premium. So they're out about $1,000 before they start, and that's $6,600 before they can use any benefits. So in their mind, they're thinking, almost $8,000 before I get anything, and I earn $18,000 a year. Once they get to the point where they actually need something, imagine that we apply transparency. Two things will happen. Number one, they'll say, you know what? I'm paying the same 6600 whether I go to the guy that's 12000 or 95000 I'll bet the $95,000 guy is better. And even if he isn't, my 6600 is a smaller proportion of the 95 than it would be of the 12. I don't want to pay half the thing myself. I, I want to pay 5% of it. So they will often choose the more expensive one just because they, they have purchased this entitlement with their $92 a month contribution. The other part of transparency that's also important is we need more than just transparency of price because it's a value equation. For example, if I'm looking for an MRI, 
I'm probably going to be price shopping. If I'm looking for brain surgery, I'm probably not. A lot of people ask me, you know, why would you want people to find the cheapest surgeon all the time? And my response to that is when you go to hotels.com, will you always pick the Motel 6 or the Microtel? And the answer is no. It's a value equation. If I'm flying somewhere and I arrive at 11 p.m. and I leave the next morning at 7 a.m., what I'm looking for is a place that's close to the airport that has a free shuttle and maybe a continental breakfast. That's pretty much all I care about. Whereas if I'm arriving somewhere at about 1 p.m. and I'm leaving the next day at 3 p.m., then I want a place with a fitness center, a business center. You know, maybe if I'm taking the kids something for them to do, a swimming pool, a restaurant, a bar. So I'm looking for something different. I'm looking, you know, for a different value equation. So quality is very important as well. I rarely, rarely see people taking the cheapest price. They do look for value, but normally if pricing ranges from one to 10, they're normally picking the six or the seven. Isn't there a a perception among some people that we still have to deal with that if it's the most expensive price, it must be the best and That's part of the reason why we need to be careful and and be sure to marry quality data with the pricing data. Yeah, that's really important, David. And, you know, the example I just gave with transparency sort of reinforces that opinion. As a matter of fact, in medicine, very rarely is there a direct correlation between cost and quality. As a matter of fact, very often it is the exact opposite. The example I gave at the Nehu Capital Conference which was a client that I had from the Tacoma area. And this just happened, you know, literally last month that he went for surgery. He had gotten a a local price of $72,000 all in for an arthroscopic outpatient procedure. And when they found out he didn't have a network, they wouldn't give any kind of a discount. So he looked at different surgeons And he got different bids from across the country, from Phoenix, from Vegas, from Houston, and one right down the road in Tacoma for about 21,000. He studied the quality of these providers very carefully. I asked him, I said, listen, the provider that was going to do the surgery for you, the one that you had planned, how did you check him out? And he said, well, you know, he was in the the carrier's directory as being an in-network provider. I said, well, was he recommended by your family doctor? No, he wasn't. Was he recommended by friends that had used him? Well, no, he wasn't. I said, okay, so after you picked him, how did you check him out? Well, I didn't. Okay, when you interviewed him, what did you ask him about his education, training, experience, outcomes? Well, I didn't. So anyway, I said, listen, when you are checking these other providers out that have given you prices ranging from 21000 to 11000 check out your guy as well with the same criteria. Look him up on the exact same sites. But four or five days later, he called me back and he says, oh my God, I I can't believe this. He said, the guy that was going to do my surgery is a general surgeon. He does anything from hemorrhoids to hysterectomies, and he doesn't have outstanding outcomes or, you know, he doesn't have super low infection rates. He's just, you know, I guess a regular guy, but some of these, these ones that are bidding much lower prices are specialists and they have almost no infection rates and they have very, very good outcomes. And I just don't understand why they're so much less. And I said, kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, I said, well, maybe the guy that wants 72,000, maybe his um, malpractice insurance is a little bit more and you have to pay for that. But the fact is an experienced 
surgeon can get in and out and get the job done in 20, 25 minutes with minimal blood loss, minimal exposure to hospital-borne infection, et cetera, whereas an inexperienced surgeon might take an hour and a half to do the same surgery. Now, the surgeon's going to get paid the same thing because they get paid based on CPT code. However, the operating room time and the anesthesiologist time and some of the other bills sometimes are associated with actual time. So very often, it will actually cost more to have an, a more inexperienced person with potentially worse outcomes. And now, a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single-source solution for your clients and prospects in the education and engineering verticals. The founders of Captivated Health have 35 years' experience working with healthcare and benefit clients. And over that time, they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems mid-market clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace. Until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems and does so with virtually no disruption to employees while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to your education and engineering clients that you advise. To learn more about Captivated Health's solution, go to our website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on our logo on the Shift Shapers website. So as we sit here in the middle, let's say, of, of 2015, how easy or how difficult is it for the average patient to go out and find both cost and quality information? Well, it is still, it's way more difficult than it should be. But I'll tell you what's leading the change, David. It is the millennials, the people that were born with a device in their hand. They are not accepting the status quo. I've seen a shift in attitudes about benefits in the last three years like I've never seen before. Up until probably five years ago, the CEOs were generally baby boomers. They were willing to accept you know, the same old thing year after year after year. And they had you know, relegated the benefit task to the HR suite. In the last few years, it's gone up to the C-suite. The CEO, the CFO are involved personally. And as the younger generation takes over from the baby boomers, they're just saying, hey, you know what? This just doesn't make sense. Why have we been doing this for 17 years? Let's change the paradigm. So I'm, I'm seeing a real shift, which I find really exciting. And would that intention being that that shift will drive by demand more tools that make that data more ubiquitous, easier to find, et cetera? Yes, exactly. Fortunately and unfortunately, I'll give you an example. With the ACA requirement for electronic medical records, of course, you know, we've seen a lot of vendors pop up with, you know, their version. And of course, because doctors are getting a $44,000 grant to put in electronic medical records, so many companies have started up. And although there's no requirement on transparency, there are a lot of companies that provide transparency. And, you know, you really need to study all of them. And some of them look really sexy and they have really nice reports and graphs and stuff like that. And, and that's all great. But the functionality needs to be there. As I said earlier, transparency alone can't be monetized. It has to start with the plan design. 
And the plan design has to be conducive not only to transparency, but it has to give rewards for good behavior. Well, transparency can't be monetized, but it's interesting. Another aspect we haven't touched on yet, our mutual friend Keith Smith down at the Oklahoma Surgery Center several years ago started posting prices. And what Keith will tell you, and we're going to interview Keith for the podcast, is that just the very act of posting those prices has been in a very positive way, extremely disruptive to his marketplace. So once you see in a market prices being posted, what do you see as the ripple effects? What happens in that marketplace? Keith is a very, very dear friend of mine. He's a great guy, and and I really, really like what he's done. Now, when we were talking about dynamic and static pricing, one of the things about Keith is he can actually change the prices from his cell phone on his site instantly. So he also uses dynamic pricing, even though it kind of looks static, but you know he watches the market and he changes them. When we drive down the road, we see gas stations posting prices and, and we kind of you know sometimes assume that the Exxons and the Shells and the Chevrons are maybe better than some of the, the no-names. And to a degree, they might be. Certainly the volume of fuel sold you know, probably has to do with the settlement of sediment and you know, the detergents in, in the fuel and stuff like that. But when we see people posting prices such as gas stations do and such as Keith Smith is doing in Oklahoma Surgery Center, we see other people saying, well, you know, hey, how come he can do it for 9900 And I just went to a hospital, you know, across town and the EOB said it was 65000 And they start to ask questions. So I really salute what Keith is doing because he's at the leading edge of a trend. And that information in, in his community ripples out and starts affecting competitors, hospitals, everybody who is in the payer community, doesn't it? Yes, it does. As I said a couple minutes ago, though, for the benefit consultants and brokers, they really need to get much more involved in plan design than they ever were before, because the plan should embrace that transparency in the competition. Competition is another you know, important thing that we haven't talked about yet. And, you know, I guess in answer to your last question, transparency starts the competitive environment, which, which hasn't existed. We've always had competition between carriers. They brag about different discounts. Our discount is 42. Well, ours is 51. Ours is 53. But discount from what? We don't know what it's a discount from. And at the Nehu Capital Conference, Eric, Dr. Eric Bricker talked about hospital contracting. He brought up a really good point. Hospital A might give a 75% discount on MRIs, but only a 25% on knee replacements. Hospital B gives you know, the opposite, a 25% on MRIs and 75% on knee replacements, but the consumer doesn't know that. So transparency would lead them into hospital A because they need an MRI before they get a knee replacement. And very rarely Will a patient say, well, I've got my MRI at hospital A. Now I'm going to hospital B for the knee replacement. They'll just stay there. Ralph, in the minute or so that we have left, we always like to conclude our interviews by asking about what our guest thinks about the future. Where do you see, and maybe break it down into near term and maybe a little bit longer term, what do you see happening around the issue of transparency? What is the environment going to look like, let's say, in, in 18 to 24 months and then maybe a little bit beyond that? What do you think? Well, David, what I'm seeing right now is different states are passing initiatives to require transparency, but they're having little effect. The state of Florida, January of 2014, about 15 months ago, 
they actually passed a bill which would allow their state employees not only to have transparency, but to take advantage of medical bidding and bundled pricing. Bundled pricing gets into episode contracting, which is a much more dynamic model than direct contracting. So I see a lot of different models being invented and perfected and and growing. I see a really exciting time in the next five years. It certainly is going to be interesting. And as you said, with the millennials driving it and the difference in the way they access information and demand information and make buying decisions in the near term, perhaps not even in the long term, it's going to be a very, very different marketplace. Ralph, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with the Shift Shapers audience. Please come back and let's chat some more about this. Thank you, David. It's been really, uh, really fun being here this morning. And, and thanks for talking about such an important topic. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltzmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Shift Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the ship shapers to work in your business.